Now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Combo Podcast for the first time in many months. Too many um, months. Too, too many months. Although the last episode was quite good. I mean, yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, just to make things relevant, I brought on an American voter here. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, no, I will not disclose who I voted for. Perhaps it was one of the two Trump. main. Oh, Trump. I vomited uh, a little. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how is it over there in the United States? I hear it's all just flat, and people are fighting each other, and you know, it's the the well, day after uh, elections was a little interesting. Uh, <laughs> just even the varied. You know, I, I work with a lot of, you know, kind of blue collar, you know, groups, you will. I don't know. I don't know if that really plays into it or not. But the the first meeting of the day with, you know, kind of like the craft and more blue collar guys, let's just say one of them was wearing a Trump hat and there was a lot of cheering and celebrating and all that. Uh, later in the day, uh, a very prominent Clinton supporter uh, who I guess assumed that since we were coming through the security gate in a work truck, you know, thought we were Trump supporters. And for whatever reason, she didn't like something we did and she tried to get us kicked out. So a lot, lot of uh, people on on edge, a lot of, you know, nerves and emotions playing in. Uh, I didn't like, you know, so that it kind of got a little strange with the safe spaces on college campuses. Oh, they have therapists and Play-Doh to help them feel better about the, the election results. But uh, yeah. overall, it's kind of calmed down. There's a few people still latched on to the whole, oh, not my president and all that. But at this point, I think whether, uh. you know, whichever side you're on, you know, people are starting to accept that, okay, this is the way we're moving forward. So you're saying the US dollar still has value? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we aren't uh, exchanging bottle caps. You know, bullets we, as money. we still have electricity. You know, the lights are on, my water's flowing. It's quite, I mean, it must it must be quite interesting being there and experiencing it firsthand. Sitting here, you know, an ocean away, and then seeing the entire election play out, it's almost like theater, theater you know? What's, what's funny to me is people like you or, you know, somebody I, I worked with who came down to the, to the job site I was at was from Canada. Uh, what's funny to me is people who are not Americans seem to be more truly informed about the candidates and what was going on as, as far as like policy and things like that. Whereas people in the country here were played a lot more into the media and the political theater about, uh, oh, well, they said this and they said that and, oh, they're, they're corrupt or, oh, they're a criminal or whatever. No, nobody knew, oh, well, that's what they actually want to do with taxes or that's what they want to do with, you know, immigration. Yeah. It was, uh, oh, 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 I can't support a criminal or I can't support a racist. That's the thing, especially watching House of Cards, you know, it became very clear. It, the media can't possibly be like this. And then now and then, just when I had time, I would go and read American media on the election stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is just, you know, just two kids yelling at each other and whoever yells the loudest wins. That's, which was the case. That, the that was pretty much the debate process. The yeah, uh, um, debatedrinking.com kind of made the yeah. debates worth watching. Otherwise, they were just a bit of trash, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. And I think in as, in, as a European speaking, especially in Germany, 
uh, the UK as well. Although the UK isn't, it's in the middle of, say, Germany and the US when it comes to the media. It's not very polarized, but you have the BBC, which is absolutely neutral mm-hmm. and, you know, very, very good as as news, uh, even their documentaries. Uh, but you still have those tabloid journalism uh, yeah, programs, we have... and newspapers, you know, that style as well. But in, in Germany as well, people are very informed about the the entire world, you know, everywhere, not just the US and Germany, and but all of Europe. And I think it's probably because America has this gravity to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Wolf, an economist for the Financial Times, he was saying, it's dangerous for me to be too long in the States because you start just focusing on the States uh, and you don't look outwards. Right. Uh, where, where we here are, you know, raised, uh, born and raised uh, to look outwards, be international. And especially in schools in Germany, you learn English from year three uh, onwards. You know, that's very early. And then in year six, you pick up another language, French, Spanish, Latin are the most popular it's, ones. So. Yeah, it's yeah. very different here. I mean, I, I took a little bit of German, but, you know, I think I was... 16 when i started learning that you know and even then exactly. i you know i couldn't utter a word of it if i wanted to I'm, I'm sure if you knocked me out and dumped me in the middle of berlin i could wake up and you know not die i could converse enough to make it make my way around but uh as far as if i just if i just met a german you know walk, if a german walked into my house today i would just it would take me a minute to kind of get into that mode well, but yeah we you say that <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna knock on your house door tomorrow and <laughs> force you to speak german well you can come have some come have some turkey with us <laughs> oh yeah and have a land party oh yes we still have to do that civ game um we've been we do i quote think unquote it's, planning yeah i think we've been trying to play that for uh seven months now <laughs> i think i've oh, got, yeah. got three or four canceled dates on my calendar <laughs> yeah Oh, I've got time in two months' time on this Sunday between X and X, uh, <laughs> X and Y o'clock, and then, oh, oh, I can't do it, and yeah. Yep. If I can ever stay put in one city for more than a couple of weeks, uh, I might be able to do it. Yeah. It's a tough life, you know, playing video games. All right, so what's been going on? You know, You know it's been a long time when I... Played Mass Effect two and three. And yeah, I was never interested in either remotely ever. So yeah, I don't know what made you come around to finally uh, give those a shot, but I yeah. I know you knocked them out pretty quick once you did. <laughs> um yeah yeah it was, so I kind of figured out that, I mean, never mind. I won't share this legal method of getting a legitimate <laughs> copy of Mass Effect two, but uh, so I. Played it because I had it, you know, I got it free and uh, there was nothing else on my list. And very quickly, I was immersed into the world. Yeah. I understood what people meant by everything. And, you know, just broadly, it, it feels like you are the captain of a ship. You build relationships. You're the boss. And I really love that. No. You're the captain, people look up to you, and you do things to 
keep them happy, you know, help out on side missions and such. Yeah, that BioWare's real, real strong game with with any of their you know kind of franchises has been the world te- world building and storytelling and character development. Um, going into Mass Effect Two, had you known anything about Mass Effect One? Uh, I know a lot of people don't tend to play that one because the the gameplay can be a little rough. Um, but yeah. I know there there are a lot of like YouTube series that'll still go through the story and you know it'll give you all the information you need to know so you can go into two and know who the characters are you know kind of know what's going on. I I actually went in blind. Um, I'm not sure uh, why, but I was hoping to somehow maybe play it, but um, uh, and I didn't think I would be interested in the Mass Effect games. So, uh, but once I was sucked in, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. I, pl- I think yeah, I played the entire trilogy within a period of two weeks, which is insane for me. <laughs> exactly. And those are not, you know, linear five-hour games with action. Those mm-hmm. are huge, huge, huge games. Um, I Yeah, so I was sucked in, and you mentioned the characters. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. The dialogue, everything, it's meaningful. And again everything you do is meaningful it feels yes, meaningful the, there were the, that is one of the few setting you know, a few games that i actually you know like shed a tear you know in a couple scenes you know yeah. when a particular character died or an action happened or i was like oh no 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 i, I just spent the past 50 hours getting to know this person <laughs> this can't happen yeah um funnily enough uh, i kind of nearly had this perfect good person playthrough where no one dies except one dude. Um, I don't really mess up any relationships or anything, uh, and which ultimately led to the very good ending of Mass Effect Three, where I brought everyone together and it was quite great. <laughs> the well, I don't want to release any spoilers. I think I know the ending you went with. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know the bit where you. L- Build the inquisition. All right, F- first finish two, then three. Uh, right. So two great game characters, the worlds. Mm-hmm. I was a bit disappointed um, with the the hubs you have on some planets. Yeah, very small, um, very little to do. Uh, very few characters to speak to in the world. Uh, I feel like that was something that one did better. Like the Citadel felt like this grand place in one. It was a little, it was a little big right, and a little right. slower paced, but it was, Hey, there's these other groups and alien species that you didn't see any, any time after one, like some of these just kind of disappeared in two and three. Um, but I feel like right. that is one thing is kind of this sense of new universe and humans are new and still trying to kind of learn their place. Uh, mm. I, I feel like one really captured that where two, like you said, it was it was small hubs and everything was really just kind of a, hey, go here and you're going to do a mission and some other person's going to join your team. And and, that, that, yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, say the Citadel, it's just three floors and barely anything on there. Yeah. Although I did like the, I'm, uh, oh God, I was going to say Professor Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Shepard and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. You know, things like that. <laughs> oh, I enjoy yeah. <laughs> And then <laughs> I'm, I'm Commander Shepard, and I get all of my weapons at you know, Sal's slimy weapon shop. You know? Yeah, and it's funny because um, you can do it twice. There's two shops, and you can say, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store in the Citadel. And you go, 
around the corner and do the same thing again to get the discounts. Did did you punch the journalist? Uh, <laughs> or was that in three? There was a uh, uh, journalist came interviewing you about uh, the collectors. About, I can't remember what it was, but you I, one of the options was you could basically like tell them off. And I think you even got to like punch her in the face. No, I, d- I didn't think. No, I, I no no I didn't do anything mean <laughs> ever. I I I never pressed the red choice ever. I, I let my my shepherd started started a little bit more paragon and good, and I, I kind of made him oh. get a little more battle hardened and and pissy as it got towards <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, I get the impression that um when you play two and three again, well one two three again on, you know, the opposite personality so you get a completely different feel in the game and mm-hmm. some story segments are different so i would play uh both games again in the future definitely but yeah uh, i've been saying that for a couple of years now and i still haven't gone back to play him but it's, that's more of a, a time thing <laughs> i still want to go on my strategy binge but it's just so difficult yeah um well I've, I've been limited to what can run on my laptop you know, while I, while I'm traveling, unfortunately, for the most of this year, which has still allowed me to get actually a lot of more like indie games, especially knocked out. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it has limited me from a little more of my my AAA backlog. So uh, just to finish off on two great story. Uh, well, well, I don't know if a great story, but the, it feels great. It feels meaningful. Characters, strong char- characters. Uh, many of which you meet again in three and that development it moves forward yeah and i imagine it happened one to two as well uh the it feels meaningful it's big universe loads of people um the combat was playable for me um it was i mean it was a standard cover shooter i suppose yeah it feels a bit dated but it does quite well considering it's been has it been Five years at least, six, seven years. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Mass Effect so. Two. Um, it holds up quite well. Uh, I got a bit annoyed because it felt bullet spongy, and uh, yeah. But so I just installed this mod. No, the command line. <laughs> type in kill all, and everyone dies. <laughs> uh, if I oh, it's 2010, so almost seven years. Is it? Yeah, seven years ago. I think it has definitely aged well. And especially yeah, yeah. just the the story is what will really hold that game up. I, I feel like you could still go back and play that game 10 years from now and it'll be enjoyable. Yeah. There are very few games I felt, you know, I wanted to explore the universe I felt a part of. And Mass Effect 2 definitely does that. Mm-hmm. And 3 is exactly the same, but much better. As in, it builds up. It's not radically different it's basically the same game improved but the story moves forward right uh, yeah and combat was much better felt uh, it looked nicer uh, definitely um yeah well, I mean, it had a few years to to develop yeah uh some scenes where the you know you're fighting near a huge reaper amazing just in the sunset it was very very well done some Bits didn't feel that realistic. You know, Shepard has gone for quite a long time and Earth is still, you know, a bit functional. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so 
this is all about building the Inquisition, right? To fight mm-hmm. the the enemy. And so all the relationships you build in two, uh, I ex- I assume one as well. Yeah, you, there was there were some that came back from even you know one of your first missions in one. You know, yeah. determined who you would have in the Inquisition in the end of three. You know, and it was something somebody you'd never even heard from since you know within the first few hours of playing one. Hmm. Uh, and it it felt it felt you know it felt awesome really. You know, if this grand Inquisition. You build it up and you build relationships and you trade and you. You know, oh, it, it was. It, it was, felt so good when the final cutscenes come in and all the ships appear. Oh yeah, it was. It was definitely one of the best feels of any, especially from like a, you know, a multiple yeah. installment series of games. You know how it tied everything together and really gave you that feel, that feeling of accomplishment. You know, okay, my choices really have. But, yeah, that's it. Here. Accomplishment. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Story wise, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, please go on. Yeah, oh, I, I think, I mean, a lot of people griped about the ending. Um, just be, you had, <laughs> well, e- you, you, had, you had all these choices, and essentially it came down to four options in the end, which yeah. I, I didn't have a gripe, I really didn't have a gripe with. I felt like most of them actually fit the universe, um, and I feel like the ending choice that I took was very applicable to the universe I had kind of guided but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. It could have been better, but it de- I was not up in arms and, you know, swearing off Bioware after after playing the game. Me neither, me neither. But um, I messaged you afterwards and I was, I felt deflated after, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, you build this Inquisition, you attack, uh, blah, 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 and so much happens. And then it just a binary choice not well not binary but there's a few choices there uh and then just a cutscene i felt yeah. that it was okay but considering what the f- the 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 games were uh, story wise i i would have expected a lot more i think they could have done better but yeah they they definitely could have done better I, i've also seen games which are a lot worse you know hey here you just made five thousand choices along the way and uh you don't even get a choice in the end it just ends this way too bad yeah um it felt a bit like the human revolution ending where the end uh, no, la, 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 i haven't no finished that spoilings but it basically comes down to pressing one out of four buttons <laughs> <laughs> wow and then a cutscene plays uh, so it's pretty much the same just yeah a bit less dramatic yeah so the environments i mean citadel is a bit better but you spend so much time was it the citadel or wasn't oh i forgot the name the grand uh oh yeah i i can't remember one hub where you spend all of your time in and there's a lot to do but um yeah i i feel like yeah, I can't remember the name of that. The, the environments were better in that one compared to two. I think especially on the missions where you fly off on the planet to shoot things and come back, mm-hmm. those locations were much better. Very unique. For example, uh, the science lab in, in oh, yeah. on a planet with just mountains, you know, it felt like it was in the Himalayas. And um, if you remember that, very unique rather than just simple. Here's... Here's a quote, nice location, but just a you know linear path through it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm just trying to find the name of the place. One aspect I feel about Mass Effect that tends to get overlooked is the audio design. Um, That game had a fan. I mean, the soundtrack was good. The sound effects were good. Uh, If you played uh, with a good sound, like a decent sound system, especially with a subwoofer, like the reaver sounds were just incredible. Um, I, and I feel like that's an aspect that gets overlooked in, in a lot of games, but especially the Mass Effect. I think they're one of my favorites as far as audio design. Mm-hmm. Just every, everything there was, there was always just the right amount of background noise. You know, when you're in the Citadel, or you know, the just every little sound effect. They, I feel like yeah. they did a, a very good job with. I'd agree, especially some of the futuristic sounds are mm-hmm. quite quite nicely done. Very creative. Is there anything else you want to say? I don't think. No, those were those were one of my favorite uh, series of games. That's I think I, I rate them as a series, just kind of as one game. But I think they hit my uh, my top five of all time. Yeah, mm. yeah, I would rate them quite highly, especially three. Oh, it's, it's so satisfying when you accomplish the Inquisition, and especially when you have built tons of. Um, you know alliances definitely uh, and just some of the, the some of the moments you get with characters in 3 you know from the relationships that have built up over the past couple of games you know the especially the love relationships yes i was just some saying, of the cutscenes that carry over from yeah, previous relationships my my love interest from mass effect 1 who is now on a mission with me with my love interest from who is currently in mass effect 3 and they have a little bit of a a cat fight yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I was> just <laughs> i sat back i just had to laugh it was hilarious like how do they think to dub some of this stuff in exactly yeah but uh i think we both went for the good choice and that's tally of course there there is no other option mm. all right uh that's mass effect two and threes mm. uh amazing amazing games so uh i've been playing Quite a few games. I won't list all of them. Uh, one of the more interesting ones uh, is Offworld Trading Company, mm-hmm. which we will talk about. You and I will talk about in the future, since you haven't really played much. Yeah, I've I've only gotten a couple hours to play it. Uh, it's good so far, but I really need to to explore it some more. Would I recommend it? Yes, get it for as a fifteen dollars. I got it. Well, we both got it for. 11 each yeah i think great deal um uh and yeah in one sentence would i recommend it yes very very unique game even even with my limited play i would recommend it it's a great take on kind of the real-time strategy style economic management but without the combat yeah also i'm not a, a fan of rp rts games or anything but this is really really cool so next, I played some Shogun 2 Total War. <laughs> really I, cool game. Mm. I've never gotten nope. so much into the Total War games. I've, I, which one was this it? This is my I, first one, to be honest. Yeah. I was sold because of the Japanese element. <laughs> um, I, th- I think that would be more enjoyable. So the one I had was like, the, I can't remember which one it was. It was like the, coloni- the colonization of America. And it was eh, so-so. Right. Um, looking back, I still hear people say it's the best Total War game of recent times, at least, uh, because it's it was 
released as a very good polished product uh, and the setting is unique and there's a lot more detail in things where you wouldn't expect but this isn't coming from me because i haven't played the others but rather the general feel uh, about this game i have been planning to get the dlc for it but i still need to dig in more into it 16 hours only so far so oh, okay yeah those those are supposed to be some pretty large in-depth games if i remember correctly yeah yeah uh i basically went on easy i couldn't figure basic things out because i am too lazy to read the manual and <laughs> do the <laughs> tutorials uh but yeah Just so basically figured out <laughs> All of my farms and money-making provinces have been burning for hundreds of years. <laughs> and I was wondering why I'm not making money. And I didn't realize you could fix them. Uh, <laughs> well, you, and then, maybe you should play the tutorials. <laughs> yeah, I, I was on easy mode. And then when I figured it out, made some money, I just went on a rampage and made my way to Kyoto and kind of basically won the game. Uh, uh, so... I am planning to do or hoping to have time to have a new campaign on a more reasonable difficulty to actually (laughs) enjoy it. Yeah. And know what you're doing when you go into it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in general strategy games, I don't know, just to kind of get a feel for what you're doing are usually 10 hours, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm only 16 hours in. Even Civ, it's quite basic. You get it, but you don't know everything about the game you should know. You know. Oh, I, I've too. played every Civilization installment for thousands of hours, and I still feel like I learn something or tweak my strategy every time I play. Yeah, I mean, the, there are basic things in a recent Civ game I just, I just learned. You, know, you can rename units when they are upgraded and when you can upgrade them. There's little strategies tweaks you can do and yeah uh i think it's aged well good game looks quite nice the battles are quite epic mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the best bit is when you're winning and the general one of the general whoever the voice actor says my lord and we're winning a glorious victory and, <laughs> and then you're just chasing down the remaining remaining uh, soldiers on horses <laughs> uh, quite quite cool but yeah um, part of my strategy binge Stellaris I haven't played that much it ran fine on my laptop but again bit of a learning curve and I didn't have time you know regular on the regular basis to get into the game so uh, that one looks interesting I just have yeah I've yeah, not yeah. had much time for strategy but that's Espe- the thing especially yeah. like space need- a day for a strategy game, right? You yeah. need continuously sessions to get it, you know, because to continue one game because they can last ages. Stellaris is cool because in many ways it's story driven. You, you, there's a bit of a narrative going on, mm. unlike Civ, where you just have this historical backdrop but nothing else. You have events in Stellaris and it it does feel quite cool because it's um it feels you know big you're in space and you can you know occupy galaxies and such hmm. so i'm looking forward to 
indulge in some Stellaris in the future. I'm hoping for some more updates and there's been a recent DLC story pack again to you know, I think the middle the mid game wasn't great. Uh, it felt quite boring. They uh, improved that. So I think I'll wait a bit and then dig into that some more. Yeah, I might wait for a uh, full, you know, kind of game of the year DLC pack before I pick it up. And that's probably when I'll actually have time to play it too. Yeah, I mean, it looks quite promising, especially. I mean, the Paradox games are all very good, especially City Skylines. They all are supported well. Oh, yeah. Mod support and, you know, fairly fairly regular new updates um you know content patches so quite cool all right the next game you finished this, this one is uh, another top five for me if not yep top uh, maybe two or three really yeah and wow so it, the next one and i i'm really itching for you to play some more of this and kind of get a feel see what your thoughts are on it life is strange Life is strange. Life is strange. And I, um, I went. In, I personally went into this game, uh, kind of blind. I'd, I'd read some good reviews. You know, I was kind of excited for it from, from the trailers and when the episodes were being released. But you know, I, I didn't want to buy it one episode at a time. I, I waited until everything was out, and then I caught it on a good sale. I was like, sure. you know what? I'll check it out. Why, why not? Yeah, I, I mean, was glued. It, it looks promising so far. Yeah, uh, you, you're yeah. still just an episode. Have you completed episode one yet? Yeah, I finished episode one. Okay. So, uh, just as a general thing, Life is Strange episode one is free. I mean, I'm not sure yes. if it's always been like this, but uh, that's been within the past few months. They released episode one for free. Yeah, it used so, to be um, it used to be only two or three dollars, I believe. I think yeah. Even though I don't know, I've never played. You know, um, what's the the Telltale games or anything? So it's my mm-hmm. first you know, film game. So. Uh, Story-wise, looks cool. Um, I'm, I wouldn't say hooked yet, but it looks very, very cool. Uh, it got me thinking about the game when I'm not on my PC. So that alone says something. I think it has great potential, and I am looking forward to, you know, picking it up and just sweat out the last four episodes. Uh, Definitely good. Yeah, th- I think the story, the story really starts to hook you in episode two. Yeah. Um. I, I, I loved it. You know, there were definitely some... The, the dialogue could use a little work, I guess, but it's also because maybe I'm a little far removed from high school-aged <laughs> uh, you wow, know, interaction. Wow, sick plasma TV yeah. in your bedroom. Oh. Yeah, it, there were a few few cringeworthy lines, I felt like, but uh, <laughs> the characters, I, you know, the character development, the story, the choices along the way, um, it, it was kind of... You know, you, you could make several different choices that affected, you know, kind of how events transpired and who would be around. And, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it definitely mm. it definitely had that sense of you could make choices. And, you know, with, with the time mechanic, you know, you can kind of you get a chance to kind of see some of the outcomes from your different choices. But you can't, you know, there yeah, are I, li- I like that. that. I, I like the glimpse you can have. Yeah. Oh wait, I messed up, and then you can go back. But even then, you know, there could be a choice you made in episode one that uh, in episode three may come back and go, "Oh my god, why did I choose that? That was a horrible decision." But I can't go make a difference now. Yeah, yeah. So fantastic games. I'm I'm glad that uh, somebody else that 
in my Warren circle, is such a goofball. Uh, hella dope. Dope. <laughs> dope. Dope, dope, dope. And what else is boat? What? Boat? Dope? Well, <laughs> Rise of the Tomb Raider. Or Booty Raider. Booty Raider. Yeah. Get it? Because it's got two meanings. Because oh. the booty and the I only wanted treasure. the treasure. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, good game. <laughs> good game. Looks great. Looks great. Yes. I, I've i really wanted to play the new Tomb Raiders. Uh, last Tomb Raider I played was back on PlayStation 1. So I'm a little far removed from the series. I've, I'm kind of glad they've been making a comeback and that they've been getting the praise they have. Have you liked it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the... Reboot the first game, the Tomb Raider, just Tomb Raider was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I mentioned to you, it's not very memorable. Mm-hmm. It's not like looking back at one of the better games, like Mass Effect Three or something. So you don't really remember much, as in you don't think about the game once you finish playing it. But this already feels like a much more polished game. Uh, just very, they're very intricate details. Uh, in graphics, story, uh, gameplay, uh, everything, and comes together quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, being a PC player, dude, this game looks butte. It looks butte, man. <laughs> it starts off in the in in a mountain region, and it's heavy snow, and you walk in the snow, and the footsteps. It's quite deep snow. It's, it's very impressive. It's very cool. Hmm. That's, um, that's I feel like that's something that gets overlooked. <laughs> just little yeah, details, though. Just yeah, I, I, it helps with the immersion in this case, I, I, quite especially because you're in the in Russia and that region. Mm-hmm. Feels a bit gray with the game overall, but that's again the region. But very very cool details in the environment, uh, which I appreciate. Story wise. I feel it's not as, you know, as uh, meh. Does does it really suck you in? I mean, this one so far, yeah, quite good. But the first, well, the Tomb Tomb Raider, the first, the reboot, it was, you know, I don't remember what happened at all. Just people get stranded and on an island, and that's it. (laughs) But this one already feels it feels better. Feels good. It's not Uncharted by any means. Uh, but the difference to Uncharted, I mean, you can compare the two games uh, because they're basically in the same genre and heavily inspired each other. And I think Uncharted is very linear, whereas this isn't uh, in, in terms of gameplay. So you have yeah. open areas, you can do things, you craft and stuff. Okay, yeah, I, I was I was wondering how linear they would be if it's just here's this nice environment, but we're still going to take you through on rails, or if it had, uh, you know, I haven't played Uncharted Four, which I really want to play, but I'm not going to buy a PS4 for that. No, alone, not, not a system seller for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, especially for a guy who moans about value in games, <laughs> I wouldn't go out and buy a console just for this. So. Um. But yeah, so I played Uncharted, the first three. They're very cool games. Um, I'm glad they made Tomb Raider um, because I wanted to see the same 
style applied to Tomb Raider. Uh, the adventure, you know, gr- adventure game with good story. But I wish they nailed the story more. Yeah. But but it's, I think it's a good progress. There's good progress from Tomb Raider to Rise of the Tomb Raider. It feels like a better game. Um, and just mostly I'm very happy about the gameplay and very little things like, um, well, I, I, I don't know. It's I'm a bit conflicted, but I'm quite happy about, you know, graphically and gameplay and story being quite good but not the graphics do look good I, I think i've been from what i've read and seen of it the you know for the mix of graphics and gameplay and all that you know and the even if the story's a little meh it's you know it's still kind of an overall good game you know there's a lot of games out there that have fantastic graphics or are fun to play but the story could have been written by a five-year-old yeah i think it's a good balance of all things um but it still needs refining and i think if they make another one they they're gonna nail it because they understand what you know what is expected of the game and what it does well and what it should do better so yeah um that's been three hours for me so far and uh looking forward to only three let's do it again yeah yeah i'm I'm anxious to see how you like it when you know once you've gotten the way through it Mm. cool cool next game is mini metro and oh that's quite cool very very uh minimalistic game good gameplay uh it's a bit of a real-time puzzle solving kind of game very unique uh but also was released on android so oh was it yeah um so it's the it's a kind of game you can play on a tablet okay well, uh, phone i'm not sure might be a bit small but it, it feels like that game, but I played it on a laptop and it's a good time waster. But yeah, quite I, challenging, to be honest. I've, I've been eyeballing it. It looks interesting. Um, I kind of like, yeah. you know, like the transit, you know, mm-hmm. management games like that. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, I hadn't, it's hadn't a heard anything. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. Yeah, um, that's worth getting, uh, I would say. So it's a cool game. Uh, obviously, because I I couldn't resist, I bought the latest FIFA. And, <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually only bought the last three, so I have been containing myself for quite a long time. Usually, it would be just I go I'll go to my f- uh, friend's place to play. <laughs> uh, Seventeen for those who are interested. Uh, better than sixteen feels better, but there's still some BS EA practices in there. Uh, and i don't even play the the what's the thing the ultimate team so i think you don't know about this much because maybe they have it in the american sports as well but it's basically a card game you collect cards and cards are players so you buy players basically and yeah it's a lot of a way to make just, a lot of microtransaction money. Oh yeah, I can okay, yeah. I can see that now. So it's interesting as a concept, but you will spend a lot of money if you get into that kind of thing. Uh I enjoy it as a just play with friends. Uh which is why I got it. I was pressured into it by my friends. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so come on, I want to play with you. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Sports games in general have always just kind of been more of a, I guess I've typically played them on consoles when I have played them just because it's more of a, Hey, sit down, you know, hand a controller to all your friends and we're going to play soccer or hockey, you know, foot football, I'm sorry. Uh, or hockey or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, sport games are, I don't know if they should still release them annually though. I mean, it used to be the case games came out on CDs and then you would need you would have yeah. new players in each season so yeah. you would have a new game with the new players but now you can have it as updates um, I w- so I, I wish they had two year cycles because some of them they just, they just don't change anything I think for sports games, you could probably go to even longer than a two-year cycle. I think you could get like one good engine and then make it almost like a subscription base. And as much, I'm not a huge subscription base kind of person, but you know, if you had right. a reasonable a reasonable subscription every month or annually or you know whatever you would want it to be, you know, basically it just ensured that okay, the roster is maintained. You know, mm-hmm. any things along those lines. You know, you don't necessarily need a new engine for it every year. But uh, yeah, yeah, in the day of online gaming, you don't need to release a new cartridge or disc with this year's lineup. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think as a business model, that'd be interesting because they don't change much in the game at all, but they make things worse sometimes even, you know, add unwanted things. And if you play online in a match because of hackers, instead of dealing them dealing with hackers like a man, uh, mm. if you all tab out of an online match right just to quickly pause a video mm-hmm. or play something play some music whatever it you you get kicked really that is yeah it's an absolute joke hmm. so that i don't know man why would you do that why wouldn't you fix that's, the problem that seems um, pretty absurd without creating another problem yeah it's a yeah it's ludicrous yeah. <laughs> So uh, that's my list of games I've been playing over the last 50 years since we last recorded. So what about you? Well, uh, I think I said, I don't know if it was in our last episode or what, you know, maybe we just mentioned when we were talking, um, you know, 2016, my personal goal was to knock down a good chunk of my backlog. Um, I had just through Steam sales and giveaways and anything, I, I had acquired quite a few games and I was, I had gone to the point where I even created a list and based it, you know, on my value, you know, out per dollars per hour played. Um, and I had a lot of games that I just needed to get through. So I, I limited my game purchasing this year and really just kind of stuck with, you know, games I already had. Um, I, I did make a few, you know, smaller purchases, but I really haven't bought anything AAA. This yeah, year. we've been quite disciplined, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, I've I've been impressed with myself. I I knew all year I was going to buy Dishonored two, and I still haven't yeah. bought it. It's, and it's been I was going to go for the new Deus Ex. Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna I've I've played a lot of games, so I'm gonna kind of just hit some high points this year. Yeah. Uh, um, the the one I've been playing the most lately, at least now that I've not been on the road and I actually have access to my computer and my Hotus, is uh, Elite Dangerous. And I, I'd played this game. I, I bought it the day it came out, you know, two, almost two years ago. And a right, right. uh, fantastic game. I, I love Space Sims. You know, it was fun. It was, you know, it was, there was just not much there. You know, I, I made some fun bounty hunting and things along those lines. But I just, I never really got in a good groove. I never made a ton of money. I never found a good home system. Yeah. Um, 
started playing again when her, you know, I bought horizons recently. It was on sale and I wanted to kind of see some of the new content there. Uh, they've been adding a lot of content patch or DLC. Uh, horizons was kind of their, they call a season pass. It's basically their version that, that started adding like the planetary landings. Um, there Uh are now outposts on planets. Uh, there's some new planet surveying mechanics that I have not really played with. Um, but a lot of the new mechanics they've just released in patching. So even like, so the power play, like the politics side where you can choose a political faction and fight and support them. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff with that, that I'm still even learning. Uh, that was just content patches that wasn't even involved with the season pass. Hmm. Uh, so, so what's, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, I've recently found a new kind of home system. I, I traveled 250 light years from where I was at and not making much money uh, to now just within the past couple of days, I've been able to buy a new ship and I was only in a Cobra, which is still kind of a pretty entry level basic ship. You know, it's good all around, but uh, I went and bought a, tra- a transporter, you know, it could haul a lot, lot more cargo. And the big change for me that they've made in the past month or two now with the, with the latest patching was you can now haul passengers. So before, you know, you're real, you were really limited to trading. You could do some mining, you could run some missions, uh, you could hunt some bounties, you know, do some combat zones, things along those lines. But I always felt like there was just something lacking And it. To me, it's the hauling passengers aspect. I, I have a ship now that I can haul quite a few passengers on it. I'm basically just a, you know, an airline in space. Um, and I've, I've found a really good groove with that. I'm making a ton of money. I'm grinding a ton of reputation, uh, really kind of moving up, you know, making, making a big wave in the game compared to how I was playing before. And I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. And is it like a massively multiplayer online game? It so is. you mentioned passengers, are those people or? So the, those are all just generated, you know, by the game, you'll land at a station and there's like a passenger's lounge. Um, it'll say, Oh, you know, there'll be several different, you know, kind of mission givers, if you will. And you know, and they'll have different jobs and it's, you know, it'll be based on your reputation if, if you're even able to talk to them, but you know, you, you might have, there's a lot of just, Oh, there's 40 uh, refugees. They need to get from this station to this station and you're, they're, they're going to pay you this much money to do it. Or, you know, prisoners of war and, you know, you might actually have somebody sent after you who's trying to free them. Um, Or even just as simple as a tourist wants to go here, they have uh, like almost sightseeing. There will be like a a, like a node in a system that you'll fly to and it might give you like a view of this, you know, star or this planet or this nebula or, you know, something. Uh, Then there's others and they'll pay millions of credits and it's they want to go to these you know, specific systems this far away or some of them, there was one, there was a mission. I, I wouldn't have even fathomed taking it paid multiple, multiple millions of credits. I mean, it was a ton of money and they wanted to travel like 21,000 light years, uh, which for me, I mean, I spent, you know, half an hour in my little ship to go 250 light years to, to travel that far. Was basically they wanted to completely transverse the galaxy, and it, it would have been cool. Like, there's, it's cool that you can even do stuff yeah. like that. But I was not equipped for it. Imagine, this is a bit of a tangent, but imagine just being a basically space bus driver in the Mass Effect world. Oh yeah, that would be incredible. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
I think your original original question was if it's a massively multiplayer. Um, I think they've been working on some of that aspect. I play on the open servers. I don't encounter a lot of other players. Uh, I've noticed the system I'm in now has been a little more populated. Um, I actually see other players like coming in for landings, which is very evident compared to the NPC ships because, you know, they might run into something or they are not a very, (laughs) not a very precise maneuver to get into the station and actually land it on the pad. Because uh, some of the, some of the big stations they call it a mail slot, which is a slot just big enough for like two ships to fit side by side through to get inside, and you'll see a lot of people kind of struggle to maneuver through there if they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> right, right. So that's cool. Um, do you see a good future for the game, as in continuous development, or uh, do you think it's died down a bit? Uh, Frontier has actually been very good with ongoing development. Um. They have been, they've been very active in support. They, I feel like they listen to the wrong group of players a lot of times. Um, yeah. You know, and some of their changes, like they, they'll nerf missions because somebody complains they pay too much money. Well, it's somebody complaining that isn't even <laughs> playing these missions. And it's like, what are we talking about? They pay too much money. I'm still here, like barely able to afford the insurance on my friggin' ship. And you're saying these pay too much money. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but they'll go and nerf the payout on stuff on on things like this. So I feel like they listen to the wrong group of players more often than not, but they have been very active and they, Oh, I don't remember the details of, they did come out and say they're going to change power play. And that's kind of like the political aspect uh, to make that a lot more engaging to players. Cause right now I I don't really do much with it because I don't see a point. It's basically, I can support Mm -hmm. this guy, which basically means if I fly anywhere other than his controlled systems, I'm going to get attacked. Great. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, um, I really want to play something space like, um, especially Mass Effect's felt limited. So mm-hmm. I was just imagining, oh, imagine doing this in this universe and this. Um, that's quite cool. All I right, think, hmm? go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it'd be cool to just have a you know Star Citizen be finished. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm a backer for Star Citizen. Um, I, I haven't been playing in the alpha a ton. I like the direction they're going. Uh, I've really enjoyed like their 3.0, you know, kind of teaser, you know, with the planetary landings, uh, what they're doing with stations. Like, I feel like that is actually a really cool direction, you know, fly in, land at this station, get out of your ship, you know, go walk or take a vehicle to go do this other, go explore over here, go do this mission. Or, you know, if, if that actually comes to fruition the way they are showing it could be an incredible game absolutely so i think elite is looking great mm-hmm. uh i might get it maybe soon yeah eventually. I, elite is it's a little lacking in you know, there, there really isn't much story um you, you kind of have to i don't yeah. know i say use your imagination a little bit there's there's plenty to do i've i never find myself getting in the game and going now ah, what am i going to do right now yeah but uh I can definitely see where some people wouldn't like it because there's there's definitely there's no narrative. Mm. All right. So. Um, so what else have you been playing? Um, let's see. I played. I picked up Overwatch. I haven't played a ton of that. Uh, that was kind of a bought it on a whim when I found the uh, when I found the collector's edition on a very good sale. 
Um, so it's fun. I'll jump in for a match or two. The it has a typical blizzard polish, you know, it's a very polished game. Um, I haven't had any issues with it. And it's a ton of fun. I've had no problems just jumping into a match and having a blast. Mm. Uh, I would, I would highly recommend it. It's I, had a huge, huge number of people playing, playing yeah. it, right? I, and uh, yeah. And unfortunately the only, P- I know one person who has it on PC and she has not logged in in the past two months. <laughs> uh, otherwise the only other people I know that play it, play it on PS4. <laughs> so I, I would definitely encourage oh. anybody if you want to play some overwatch uh, and you especially like somebody who likes playing a healer, uh, I'll, I'll happily play with you. I need some people I know what to play with. I'm tired of uh, random pickup groups. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the sad thing. Um, it's just, you know, lag and time zones. Just organizing yeah. stuff. I, w- I would play, um, I really want to play duck game with you. <laughs> yeah. That looks l- like absurd fun. So, <laughs> it looks insane. Yeah. Um, Overwatch, there's a bunch of games I'd love to play. Uh, I think a co-op game would be cool for us. You know, mm-hmm. a nice co-op game. Yeah, we definitely could use, I, I need something better co-op-y in my, in my library. Maybe I have something that I just don't know yet, but so uh, i've gone through let's see i'm just going to kind of i listed out a ton of things i've played in the past few months here wasteland 2 still kind of in progress if you like uh, post-apocalyptic rpg it's been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. uh democracy 3 uh, oh yes yeah you recommended that one to me and that game my my first playthrough was a disaster Uh, i didn't get reelected. uh uh, second playthrough (laughs) i got assassinated my third one. My first playthrough in, well, very, very quickly, I uh, was shot by uh, terrorist nuns, radical <laughs> terrorist nuns or something, in Australia. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, it's a my, bit absurd with the assassinations. I mean. Yeah. My best run was uh, I legalized drugs and alcohol with no tax, complete legalization, uh, total police state. Uh, every, you know, I had drone strikes against my own citizens and torture and interrogations and, you know, <laughs> unprompted imprisonment, you know, <laughs> imprisonment. Uh, but I also had state housing. Everything was state funded. It was like a 70% income tax. Uh, everybody was happy. The environmentalists were happy. The socialists were happy. The only people that were upset were the conservatives and they kept trying to shoot me. But since I was a police state, they got taken down every time. Uh, but the environmentalists <laughs> even voted to like shut down the airports. You know, we were, we were completely walled off country. It was very 1984 <laughs> but it was it was hilarious it, it, like my approval ratings were through the roof you know the yeah. they were kind of lacking for a little as, bit but for the most part it was hilarious as which country did you play ah uh, that was i think i had it just do a random generation but it was it started as france yeah uh, so the french very odd people <laughs> they love their domination uh, so, it's just some very interesting experiences. Yeah, and you know the game is for those who haven't played. It's just a bunch of sliders. Ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, it boils down to a bunch of sliders and buttons you press. But it, you still, you know, it's like a civ game. You have the story you build in each playthrough, and you can tell the story. Oh, this happened, and this happened, and mm-hmm. it, it's quite quite a cool game. Very cool. Yeah, definitely an interesting game. I've I've enjoyed it. I want to play it a little more. Kind of try some different th- different mechanics. I want to make go the complete opposite direction, like complete religious state. 
Let's see how yeah. that goes over. Yeah, um, so it helped me realize. Um, it was this game that helped me realize that was um, an egalitarian apparently. So <laughs> I, my first playthroughs mostly have all been um, just me, what I would want, and very quickly I get this achievement, egalitarianism, and I was like, oh, I don't act. Yeah, you're right. I don't actually care if you're a gay Muslim from South Africa. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was quite cool. That's, that's awesome. And that game kind of in a roundabout way, it showed me how much political theater plays into like an election cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was like Especially even, with the DLC, know, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. With the electioneering DLC, mm. uh, you know, I, I went into one election, I had zero supporters, whatever. And I think I did like two speeches and two media stunts and got reelected. <laughs> you know, it was like people hated me. People were trying to kill me. It was, but it was, oh, I went and made one speech supporting these people and one speech bad mouthing these people. And then, you know, a media stunt in a hospital and bam, approval ratings through the roof, <clears throat> which in I, many I ways find ironic goes. after our, after our past election here in the States, yeah. uh, very so excuse the sound. That's <laughs> uh, so. I don't know what that was. Yeah. So yeah, let's um, see. It, it, I think it shows how politics is very much, you know, I don't Definitely. know. So much of it is, I think that's the, I think my favorite top three ever shows of anything, uh, House of Cards uh, <laughs> does quite well. It shows how much of, politics is theater it's basically mm -hmm. theater it's all about appearances um and that's that's the sad bit about it if i think if politics was just a bunch of sliders you pulled you know like democracy without any uh without having to pressure people without getting blocked by uh in the u.s it's congress or here parliament or um, right Bundestag, wherever you are, it's all, you know, you have resistance, everyone has their own motivations, it's not, if it was simple, you know, I would probably say the world would be a better place, but equally, if it was a bad person running the ship, uh, but again, that kind of boils down to motivations, um, so if you have someone with bad motivations, you very quickly see a country deteriorate, blah, blah, mm -hmm. so... Um, in a way, it's good that we have, we don't have ultimate control. Uh, so, well, definitely, heads of state have ultimate control or not. And the, that game went to show me too that you can't please everyone. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people, yeah, kind of debate and discuss politics as this. Oh, everybody's gonna be happy with this, or you know, it's so yeah, black and white. Whereas, like, okay, this action is gonna make this group mad and please this group and this one will be so, so I mean, there, you've got so many different, you know, actual people affected by even just a simple little action, you know, right. Raising yeah, a tax yeah. 1% or, you know, it's just even the littlest thing is not a black or white issue. Yeah. Uh, it's like building roads is going to upset the commuter who uses mm -hmm. the train or uh, yeah. <laughs> because they could spend more money on trains and uh, vice versa. But again, the game does this quite well because the UI, it's all a network, you know, a web. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, this affects this. This. You could, yeah, you could really this. see the, 
you can yeah. see the trickle effect of, oh, you raise taxes on roads, so people spend less on cars and spend more on this transit, but you know that's more expensive, so now your workforce is down and homelessness is up. And I mean, just it's, you see all these things you wouldn't think really were related, but yeah, you can yeah. see all these effects now, you know, and it might be 10 turns later that, oh my gosh, you know, my GDP's, you know, on the floor and everything. It was all because of this one little action I took back here that I didn't think would have an effect. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's one of those things, one of the games that really get you to think about something. And I like that about games. Definitely. So Let's see here. I also, uh, I'm just going to kind of hit on a Fallout 4. I've, I'd played Fallout 4 already. I bought, you know, bought it when yeah. it came out because that's one of my must must buys. Uh, I, I went back and I played the DLC. You know, I'd bought the season pass when it was on when it was cheap, which is odd for me because <laughs> I never buy season passes. Uh, I, I typically advise against it, but for that one, it really paid off. I feel like I got a lot of DLC for twenty dollars. Uh, Far Harbor, N- Nuka World is okay. It didn't really fit in with my character because it was more focused on being a bandit and things along those lines. But Far Harbor, I feel like could have almost been its own game. Uh, it was, it had a very good story. The environment was very interesting. You know, the different take it had on, you know, kind of interacting with multiple factions at the same time and the effects that they had on each other and the decisions you could make on who you're going to support. Uh, it was, it was very interesting. It, it, that really felt more like some of the older Fallout games as far as like the story and player interaction with it. I, I was very impressed with Far Harbor. It's cool. I like good DLC, you know, that actually yeah. adds substance. Uh, that was, if you've got Fallout 4 and you've been on the fence about buying, you know, the DLC, you know, or, you, you know, you didn't have the season pass, I I would at least get Far Harbor. That one... I, I would spend the few dollars. I can't, it's $15, I believe, for just the expansion itself. It's well worth the money. Cool. Um, let's see here. A few, Stardew Valley. Oh, this one's funny. Stardew Valley. <laughs> if you've ever played like a Harvest Moon kind of game. Uh, Never. Never. That's, and I, I was not a big fan of those kind of games. I, I do love like Animal Crossing kind of stuff where it's just, you're living your day, day-to-day life. You're talking with people in the town. You're, farming and doing stuff it's so simple but i would find myself playing this for hours just fishing or watering my crops or doing just the most meaningless little things it seemed like so Mm. great fun especially from a one-man crew to design and build that game and he's been really good about supporting it that there's been new content patches coming out that i i need to get in and play didn't that sell millions and was on you know the 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 most well, the best-selling game. It it sold for it sold very time. well. Yeah, it, I remember I remember just kind of seeing a little bit about it, and people were excited for it. And then, like when it came out, it's like it was, it was only fifteen dollars full price. It's like you know yeah. what? What have I got to lose? And uh, yeah, fantastic game. Cool, cool. Uh, anything else? Um, I think there's a few more you played. Yeah, I played. I've been playing Spin Tires a little bit. Just that one's a good bit of fun, and uh, my daughter likes to watch me play it. You know, she's, get get the trucks muddy, uh, <laughs> and it's a little bit of fun. I when I, I used to have a, a Land Rover, I liked to go do a little bit of off roading with it. You know, nothing nothing like in that game, but uh, it's fun. I think my favorite aspect of that game is the physics engine and the way like the mud and dirt can deform around your tires, and you you come back to a place and this road's just completely rutted up. 
you know, you might've gone through it with a really large vehicle and put these big ruts in it that now your little truck, you know, can't even traverse. Uh, it was just, it was very interesting. I've never seen a, a game that had that kind of physics interaction with the, just the ground. Uh, yeah. That one's fun. It takes a little bit of strategy is if you get stuck and you have to use the winch to pull yourself out. Uh, it was it was interesting. I really liked it. A very well done simulator. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a ton of mods out for it. Mostly just vehicles. People have been adding all kinds of you know real world vehicles to it. So I, I haven't had a chance to mess with any of those, but they look like some fun. Cool. Um, and then uh, I, I played some Mad Max. I still need to play that a little more, but that one's very fun. And then. <laughs> I saw the movie, finally. Yeah? Oh, yeah? Did you like it? Yeah, on a train ride um, from London. was uh, It was cool. I mean, yeah, it's the I didn't expect so little, I don't know, story. <laughs> but yeah, it was, well, it, it was yeah. sick. Just this, oh, the <laughs> hundreds, just- tons of vehicles following this truck. And this one is a... Is a Two-hour-long yeah, car chase, essentially. <laughs> yeah, the car. Yeah, and then one of the cars is just a massive, you know, rock metal playing <laughs> thing. I don't know with huge speakers. Oh vocal. yeah, yeah. I, my, yeah, yeah, I think that, my favorite thing about that is yeah. all those vehicles and all that stuff you see that they actually built. There really was this oh, huge yeah. truck that they made with dr- drummers on the back and this guy playing guitar hanging from a bungee on the front of it, <laughs> driving through the desert. You know, it's. You know, if you go see, you know, go look at footage. You can even see some of it on YouTube. You know, here's the here's this shot. Yeah, it was with special very, effects very as it hit theaters, and here's this shot before we did it. And really, like the only special effect was adding a color filter. Like they really had fifty cars yeah. here with this big explosion and somebody hanging off the back of it and guys swinging on, <laughs> swinging on huge rigs. Oh, it's 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 mad. It's really just a madness. Uh, uh, but cool, you know. I, yep. I I watch it. Yeah. Again, I, I I feel like the game really. Uh, Mad Max is one of my favorite movie series. Uh, I love the original movies as well. But the the game really captured that environment where you know it's very hard, post apocalyptic, and everything's associated. You know, circles around cars and gasoline, um, and things along those lines. I feel like the game actually, you know, kind of captured that very well. So I need to I need to play it some more. I've only played it for about five hours. Cool. So otherwise, um, I just kind of knocked out a whole slew of indie games that I had in my library as well. Um, the most notable out of them, I would say, would be Limbo. Uh, I typically am not a fan of platformers, and I'm also just not very good at platformers. I mean, my wife will completely wipe the floor with me <laughs> play, you know when it comes to playing mario or you know we played a lot of battle block theater and it's just oh, I, yeah. I, for some reason i can oh battle block's hilarious but I, for some reason platformers and me just don't get along like it's just i just can't do it uh but limbo that that game has been great i still need to finish it but that i have really enjoyed it just the art style the direction the the puzzles it's very good hmm um, it's a one of the better games, one of the first very famous ones, right? Mm-hmm. Indies, uh, I think. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and that's you played Party Hard. I did play and Party Hard. And you loved it, didn't you? I've got. I, I don't know. You didn't love it. Yeah, uh, it was fun. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, I got <laughs> stuck on one level, and I finally just stopped. 
And it, well, which one is it? Uh, I think it was the nightclub one where there's like the stage in the middle and there's the pool off at the bottom right. Oh, is that when the Mario comes for no reason? Yes. Knocks you yes. Out? I, I got multiple times. I got to where there were only two or three people left and fricking Mario comes and knocks me out or barricades <laughs> all the doors or whatever. And I just, I, one of them is I think the only person I had left to kill was Darth Vader for some reason. And he was in the swimming pool and like I'm barricaded in the kitchen and just, oh my gosh, that drove me. I finally just stopped because I got, I got there multiple times where I only had one or two kills and just, ugh. otherwise I, it was a, that was a really fun game. I, I think that's one of the hardest levels to be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, so once you get through it, you won't get as stuck as you would on others. Uh, <laughs> but that one is quite a good level. It's big. Uh, yeah. And I, I like that you could kill kill people in the pool. I like you have multiple ways of of going about doing things. You know, you can cause this explosion here, or poison the drinks here, or you know, do do whatever. Turn the turn the gas on in the kitchen, and then you know, a few minutes later, it just explodes while twenty people are inside. And yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was it was very interesting. But oh god, that level was frustrating. <laughs> if you if you get through it, I know you will. Yeah, uh, then. There's a, a bunch of cool levels with amazing music. Amazing. It's yeah. Like, um, yeah. A, a terrace on a on a skyscraper, <laughs> you know, where there's a party. Uh, there's a party bus. That one's great. Oh, that could be the, fun. Uh, the best music. I mean, it's it's literally a s- small square. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's more to set the scene um, and tone. Uh, yeah, it's quite cool. I think there's some more levels, new levels I have to play, and there's Steam Workshop support now. So, oh, really? Worth, okay. worth getting. Worth. Getting. Oh, yeah, that could be fun with some with people creating their own levels. Mm. Right. Uh, you want to mention the other small games? Um, played. Uh, just I just I just kind of listed out some of the stuff I had played. Uh, Besiege. I'd had in my library for quite a while. I, I think I played it for a few hours then just kind of got sick of i felt like i was creating the same things just to knock stuff over it was it was fun but yeah. i don't i don't know that it deserved the praise that it seemed to get um in my opinion um defcon kind of reminded me of a strategy board game if you will uh, you know kind of commanding ships and military uh, you know things along that i just i don't know i could not get into that for some reason it, it seemed interesting and everything about it sounded cool it was basically like the movie war games but in a video game you know you're doing nu- you know missile strikes and all this kind of stuff but it was just something about it i don't know i just i gave it a couple hours and just i was done mm. um let's see skull girls uh i think i got that for like a dollar and i didn't have i don't have any fighting games and i got that you know, my wife was wanting wanting to play a fighting game, and I didn't think she would actually like it because it's a lot of kind of that. Oh, here's girls with you know jiggly boobs <laughs> and <laughs> yes, like that. you know it's it's fun. <laughs> the the animations are are fun. The different characters' attacks are cool. Uh, it actually ended up being a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, especially for like the dollar I paid for it. Mean, that was all right. That was a it, great game. Yeah, yeah. And then um, last one was uh, Uplink, and I think it. It was from the same developer as Defcon. I think it was the same map, um, but you're a hacker, and here, so here's like this map of the world, and there's all these different servers and nodes, and you know you're trying to, so you, like you'll have a job, and so you need you need to log into this server and 
delete this information or download this or whatever. So, okay, you jump, you know, you know, jump through these different networks. So you're harder to trace and crack the passwords and, you know, do, do all this stuff. And, uh, I might've, I might've played that one for, I think six hours. I think I put into that, you know, and there, there was a lot more to it. Uh, but you know, it, it was starting to get pretty in depth where, okay, you needed to have this password. You, you had to manage like your CPU cycles, even like, okay, if you're running this password cracker, but you also have these five other things running, you know, to check your traces and, you know, all that, then it's going to go slower because you only have so much computing power to do all these things. Uh, it, it, it got to be pretty cool. I, I was a fan. It was, if you can get that one on sale for pretty inexpensive, I think I got that in DEF CON for free when I bought uh, Prison Architect. All right. Yeah, I, I would definitely pay a few dollars for it. It's not not anything I would go spend more than $5 on, I don't think, but uh, was it was fun. All right, uh, that's it for the games we've been playing. And I just noticed the Steam sale, Autumn sale, has started. Uh-oh. Yes. Have you had a chance to look through any of the deals? Yeah, um... The Steam Link and controller are cheap here as well now. So on really? Steam, yeah, it's so that's fifteen pound ninety nine for Steam Link. Uh, so it's about ninety dollars, I think. Okay, yeah, I, was, I saw they were nineteen. The Steam Link was nineteen ninety nine on Amazon here earlier today, and Steam I controller. I, I think. Yeah. Oh, what's the price on the Steam controller? Is that on sale too? Yeah, yeah, it's twenty seven ninety nine, which is, oh. which is. That, let me see. Uh, in dollars, 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 thirty four dollars, thirty four eighty. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? No, it's not at all. Have you had a chance to use the Steam controller yet? I haven't. Yeah, uh, I I bought one. I've actually it's sitting on my desk right here. Really. Um, oh. And it was it was a little different. I'd use a 360 controller for the longest time, and uh, I just I wanted something new. I wanted something wireless more than anything because my 360 controller is wired. And then uh, my I just mm-hmm. I needed something new, and the Steam controller seemed interesting. And I caught it on sale, you know, probably six months ago. That is a great little controller. It's it's interesting. The you don't have like a traditional D pad. You've got the two like haptic touch pads. Um, which actually work really well for like even scrolling with a mouse, like using a mouse and clicking or, you know, they have like a keyboard mode where you can type with them and it's almost like typing on your phone. Uh, wow. It, it took a little getting used to, but uh, even like playing like Grand Theft Auto in first person mode, um, I'm getting a lot better at aiming with weapons because you can, you know, you can kind of combine the stick and feedback, you know, you know and, and the haptic pad with the gyro in it. Uh, to aim. So it's like I would aim with the, I would be aiming with the right pad and kind of fine tuning my aim with the gyro. And I was landing on some really good shots. You know, it was getting to be very accurate. Whereas trying to use like the two sticks on the 360 controller, I was just terrible. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a neat little controller on sale. I might get a second one so I can use it downstairs. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks very tempting. So overall, Deus Ex Mankind Divided is on sale. Doot doot, twenty Ooh. pounds. Uh, it's getting harder not to, to, you know, take the bite. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to look uh, through my wish list and see, uh, see what else is on sale. <laughs> Endless Legend on sale. I've been on the fence about that one for a while. Yeah. Orient Blind, Orient the Blind Forest, Wolfenstein: The New Order. 
Oh, <laughs> Total oh, War uh, Shogun 2, Fall of the Samurai as well. I'm seeing a lot of... Uh, oh, Factorio's still not on sale. I've been wanting that one. God damn. <laughs> I mean, been, the I've Christmas been... sale is around the, around the corner. Yeah. Well, I'm looking through... Let's see. Space Pirate Trainer's on sale. Hover Junkers is on sale. Onward is not. A uh, lot of VR... I've got some VR games I've been watching in my in my list. Uh, I'm on the fence about... Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not... I don't say on the fence. On the fence about spending the money. I know I want to purchase it. I want to get a Vive. Yeah. Um, I I did a demo of one at uh at the Microsoft store near my house. You know, they had a a big demo area at the mall. It's actually roped off where they have, you know, like the room scale stuff set up and it's like right right in the entrance of the store too and they've got a, a like a big 70-inch screen that actually shows what you're seeing. So okay. anybody walking past can watch you play. And uh I was like, you know what? I'll do the demo of that. I was kind of curious about VR, you know. I went in with low expectations. I expected it to be gimmicky. Um, a 10 minute demo later, I was ready to drop $800 on the thing. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. You know, the, the demo I did, it was tilt brush, which is like a 3d art painting, you know, by Google, right? Yeah. It's, and you're, yeah. yeah, you're painting stuff around you. It was, it was kind of simple. It was cool. It was relaxing. I, I'm not terribly artistic, so I didn't eat that much out of it, but it was interesting. But the next one was, uh, the lab. And it was like the bow and arrow one. Like it's kind of like a castle defender where you're shooting with a bow and arrow. It's like you're standing there on this tower and there's just like a bow leaning up against the wall and you reach down, you pick it up and you actually draw an arrow. It, it, I could hear people laughing at me through the headphones, you know, kind of trying <laughs> to get a feel for it. Cause I missed my first few shots. But once I get the hang of it, it was very intuitive and very similar to, you know, you, you didn't have the physical resistance, but the, the aiming and all that is very much like shooting a real bow. And then uh, the last one was Space Pirate Trainer, and it it's basically just a wave shooter. Uh, so you, you know you have your two Vive controllers in your hand, and they're in that game they're both handguns, and you're holding. It's actually like looking down the sight of a real handgun, and the the guy running the demo at the store, he's like, you know, he's like, put one of them behind your back and pull the trigger. So I did that and pulled it back out, and my gun had become like a clear like riot shield. Uh, so I had one hit one hand with the gun, one hand is controlling this shield. So these little robots are flying at you and they're shooting lasers at you. You can reflect them back with the shield or you can shoot at them with the gun. Um, but when like, say like a laser shot got close to you, time would slow down and it became like the matrix where you're, you know, you could do the bullet time, like duck out of the way. Oh, oh man. I was sore by the end of that demo. That was <laughs> insanely fun. And I, I was very impressed at just the responsiveness of everything. I was expecting it to have like horrible latency, like it wouldn't detect the motion of you turning your head in this in the right time. Um, and the only downfall is just that the screen technology, uh, I guess kind of the best way I've seen it described is screen door effect. Just the pixels are just so physically close to your face. It's almost like you're looking at the world through a screen door. Uh, oh. But I think after a few minutes, I just didn't even notice it. I mean, I got, right. I just got so immersed that, uh, I didn't notice. And I know I kind of went off on a tangent just on the vibe there, but, uh, oh, yeah. Um, we'll do another s bit once you actually buy it. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm yeah. staying away. I'll wait till it's cheaper. Um, yeah. Uh, HTC came out and released the other day that from black Friday through cyber Monday, the vibe will be $100 off, uh, anywhere the vibe is sold. 
So I already have it in my Amazon cart. I have a lot of Amazon credit from my travels and holiday or, uh, hotel rewards and all that. So uh, it will be purchased. I don't know if my wife's quite on board with that yet or not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's been known for a while. I want to get one. It's the first sale they've had. So I've, I'm really yeah, looking you need forward to, do to the lobbying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to Elite Dangerous with the Vive. Uh, I know I know one person who has a rift um, and plays a lot of Elite Dangerous. And he said it's just it's a completely different experience. You know, just you put that you put the the headset on and you're just you are there. You are in the cockpit of your ship. You know, it's, it is not you sitting at your desk playing anymore. You are yep. there. You know, he said it's just an entirely different experience. And you just, he couldn't even describe it without, you know, just saying it. Yeah, well, ult- ultimately, just come to his house and try it. That was he said. He said that was the best way to describe it. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so we've talked quite a lot, mm. and just a few, I think, small bits we can discuss uh, in the news. So, yeah. yeah, you mentioned the the new budget hotels came out. Yes, um, I'm. I'm I mean, personally a little. Too. Light sim stuff. So yeah, uh, with Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, uh, I I find a lot of value in playing with a Hotus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, having a joystick and a throttle with enough buttons and inputs on it that you can actually do things without removing your hands is very valuable. I've been using the and kind of the the industry. I don't know industry, but the the budget standard was the Thrustmaster T Flight X, which was. You know, it retails for fifty dollars. Uh, I think I got mine on sale for thirty-two, um, and it's a great little, great little stick setup. You know, it's definitely it's cheap, it's plasticky. The sensors aren't the best. Uh, the biggest downfall, I would say, is it doesn't have enough buttons, and there's it's strung together by this like less than two foot long cable. So as far as actually mounting it on like a sim sim setup or mounting it to your chair or desk very efficiently, it's kind of hard. Um, and I, I've been using this thing for three or four years now, and it's been a great little stick, especially for the money. You know, the, I'm starting to get where the throttle's a little loose feeling. Uh, just I think it's been getting a lot more use than the a product of this price was ready for, but I wasn't ready to drop you know, 150 or $200 to move up to the next option, which was like a Cytec X52. Uh, exactly. So, you know, I mean, that, at the end of the day, it's controller. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was a controller and Cytec was the more I read about him, like the, the quality seemed iffy. And I, I had never used one personally, but was, I, I just read so many mixed reviews about him. Uh, they just didn't see it to me. It didn't seem like something that was worth 150 plus dollars. So, uh, just in the past couple of months, Thrustmaster has released a new HOTUS. It's at the $130 price point, the T16,000M. Um, so it's based on, they already had a, the T16,000 joystick, uh, which is great joystick. Uh, you, you know, used kind of a higher, some higher quality sensors and technologies like from their Warthog uh, setup, um, which is four or five, four or $500 if I remember right. Um, so for $130, you get the stick and throttle. Uh, they're not tethered together like this cheap thing is that I'm using that's sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> um, and the quality is just supposed to be fantastic. And I've, I've been impressed with the other Thrustmaster stuff I've owned in the past. Um, I've actually got this joystick is 
uh, I'm probably going to order it as soon as we're done podcasting here. I'll give a, I'll give a a review the next time we record. Uh, Cool. cool. But the the quality is supposed to be there. Uh, It has even more buttons and inputs and analog axes than most of the sticks on the market. Um, And, and it's just, it's a great entry level price. It's cheaper than the SciTech options uh, built better. Um, Well, it wouldn't take much to be built better than those from what I've been reading, but uh, you know, it's, it's a really good, you know, still low level price point that you can get a, a decent quality input device with. Um, without jumping up to several hundred dollars for like a warthog style setup. I think eventually, I'm just imagining, so say Star Citizen comes out in 40 years, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, having a good VR headset and and a joystick, that would be quite something, wouldn't it? Definitely. I'm I'm looking at, you know, for when I do get the VR setup, I'm going to, I'm trying to piece together like a little kind of, you know, Simcade seat setup, if you will, where, you know, I've got a, like an actual chair, you know, you'd have for like a cockpit, you know, like a, a like an automotive racing chair or something. And then, you know, a mounts for the stick and throttle. And then, you know, or you could swap that out for like a steering wheel and pedals, you know, to, yeah. for those cockpit style games really get immersed into. Sure. All right. And uh, we'll talk about it more. When you get yours, for definitely. Sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it. It, it will be in my hands soon. Yeah. If, if I don't order it today, then I think it'll be a, a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good discussion so far, and yeah. I think just maybe I don't know. Do you want to wrap up? Or yeah, I think we'll. I think we can wrap it up. Um, I don't really have. I, I could go. Ta- I could go talking a whole separate episode about VR and hardware. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, when you actually get it, we should do a deep dive. Definitely. And yeah, we were just, we were thinking today. So you also played Spec Ops: The Line, which you yes. didn't mention, and we wanted to do a, a separate episode just discussing the game. So maybe a two-way conversation, just yeah. similar to the episode uh, about design and dsx so just more of an academic style discussion uh, and a in-depth you know i i would love to dive in and thing. do some yeah, yeah. in-depth analysis on that game because there was from it's at first good. glance yeah. it's like ah, oh, it's just another cover shooter you know but once you got to actually get into the story there was just so much uh, oh yeah yeah, we, yeah we could have a lot of discussion about that i'm i'm, I'm excited sure. i need to play through it again and r- really want to get back into it it was a Fantastic. I think, yeah. Um, also reading Killing is Harmless, which is, this, well, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Uh, interpret, I don't know, something like, uh, you know, a guy who plays a game and then interprets the symbolisms. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. it was, just, I think it was described as a, a critical reading into the psychology oh, yeah, of it. the video game spec ops. <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's the words I've been looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so that's that's the plan, and hopefully we'll have a more regular <laughs> schedule uh, my, from now on. My my personal life, I will be not traveling as as much for for my work after the next couple of weeks here. So I I will be on a lot more regular schedule. Thank goodness. <laughs> 
And do you still make those uh, YouTube videos? My channel has not had any updates in a while. I put a few. Yeah. I, I put a few videos of Star Citizen on there. Um, one was uh, doing some race lap practice. Another one was just kind of doing some free flight in the Persistent Universe. Um, I had a few. Yeah. I had some more gameplay footage that I had recorded that my my CPU for Star Citizen, at least my CPU is just a little lacking. So I I need to kind of do an upgrade there. Um, to be able to yeah. s- record a decent quality and still play, but I do have some more some more game footage. Um, especially if if I do start doing the VR setup, I will be doing a lot more uh, recording. Yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be cool. I think just time and personal circumstances yes. aren't allowing us. That's I mean, that's been my biggest thing. I've been I've been in a hotel room for nine months of this year, so I've just. Oh. Not not had the availability to to do much recording. Yeah. I, I do have yeah. a lot of content I want to put out though. I think yeah. I mean, I mentioned to you, I would love to have just podcasting as a full time job. Oh yeah, the, the dream come true. Just you know, talking about things you're passionate about. And if if I had unlimited time, I'd love to do a series, and I would still like to within the next oh, yeah. year or two. I'd love to do on uh, on racing. Like here's a. You know, here's a racing sim on this track, and here's what it, the comparison is driving. You know, this similar car on this track, and you know, wh- where does the game fit in? If I had, yeah. I, I'm hoping as I get some more time, uh, I can actually get in and do a, a series such as that. But until then, that's a. Uh, I mean, podcasting best hobby I've ever done. I wish I had more time for it. Um, yes, even though it's tedious to make episodes yada yada but it's it's so satisfying and it's great to speak to great people from around the world oh definitely and connect and yeah yeah so yeah uh just hopefully uh i mean personally i'd love to do more academic style episodes discussion discussing certain games in particular or certain aspects of games or in general so uh I have a bunch of stuff planned, so it'll be cool. And that's about it for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. 1.5 hours of us <laughs> ranting, complaining. Uh, we even covered politics there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, so hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, as usual.